0: Welcome to the Ready Eddy Podcast, where we tell the story of startups in the outdoor sport industry through the voice of their founders.
1: What's going on, guys? Before we get into today's podcast episode, I wanted to give you a quick update on the Ready Eddy membership program. To this point, we've grown to have thousands of products from up-and-coming startups and small businesses in the outdoor travel and lifestyle space on the platform. You can save up to 50% off all of these products, anything from skis to jackets to food bars to supplements. Anything you could think of to support your outdoor activities is on the platform from small up-and-coming brands. It's a great opportunity to support small businesses while also discovering brands that you've never heard of. You can show off the new gear to your friends and also save a ton while doing it. If you're interested in checking it out, head over to readyeddy.com members to get your first month free. This podcast episode is brought to you by 14th Star Brewing Co. 14th Star is a veteran-owned Vermont craft brewery on a mission to brew world-class beer while enriching their community. We are partnering with 14th Star while we spend February and March in Vermont highlighting local makers. Not only does 14th Star make great beer, like their maple oatmeal stout, yes, I said maple, but they also have a very strong mission to give back to their community and support fellow veterans. 14th Star believes that every person and business has an obligation to give back to try and make the world a better place. If you're in the Northeast, definitely keep an eye out for 14th Star Brewing Co. What is going on, Ready, Eddie podcast listeners? Josh Salvo here, your host. On today's episode, I am sitting down with one of the co-founders of 14th Star Brewing Co., Steve Gagné. Steve, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me.
0: Thanks for having me, Josh. Appreciate it.
1: All right, so 14 Star is a brewing company, right? You make beer, um, but for someone who hasn't heard of your brewery, how would you best describe it to them?
0: Sure. Uh, Well, we like to say that 14 Star is the official beer of freedom. Uh, So we're a veteran-owned craft brewery in Northern Vermont. Uh, Matt and I founded the uh, brewery uh, and we got our license in 2012 after coming back from Afghanistan. Uh, and the goal really wasn't uh, to start a company that made a lot of money, uh, otherwise we wouldn't get into brewing. Uh, but the goal really was to create something that allowed us to uh, be creative and through through the sale of our product, you know, craft beer, um, be able to do something that was uh, positive for the community and and uh, and kind of giving back and and really enriching just uh, not only, our local community, but we also wanted to do a whole lot of good for the veteran community.
1: That's awesome. So what specifically, um, like you're talking about charitable work, um, Mm -hmm. what exactly do you guys do with 14 star? Well, that,
0: that is a very short question with a very, very, very long answer. Um, (laughs) I will, I, I will condense it to say that, uh, philanthropy really is, uh, what we do um, and community service. We like to say community service is what we do. We just happen to make world-class beer. Um literally at any time at the brewery, uh we're involved in any number of uh charities, events, um whether it's our 11 Bravo can release um which uh goes to combating uh, veteran suicide uh to holding a, uh, a spinning class in our event space, um, to, uh, help, uh, finish the memorial, uh, for the Vermont National Guard's fallen soldiers. Um, or we raffled off a bunch of like OG original, uh, like brewery decorations and signage and stuff, um, for one of our employees who's, uh, whose relative was who's sick and having a hard time, uh, meeting their finances. So, uh, I mean, currently we're uh, we're leading the charge in uh, Vermont's first house that beer built, which is a collection of brewers all working together and donating bits of money uh, to fund a Habitat for Humanity house. Uh, so really at any given time, there's something going on. And then the ongoing thing that we do, um, all of our, we call them our core six beers, the six beers that we distribute, uh, the golden ale, our maple breakfast stout, Valor uh, is a hoppy amber rail an IPA, double IPA, um, all of those beers are aligned with a charity or a cause. So Ale supports Purple Hearts Reunited, which returns lost or stolen medals of Valor to, uh, veterans or their families. Um, Maple Breakfast Stout supports, uh, the local food shelves, you know, et cetera. and so, uh, it's not, it, it's, it goes further than just kind of, uh, charitable events. Um, but, a you know, just through ongoing sales, continuing to support those organizations that uh, do good things for the community.
1: I love that. I think it's really important for small business owners, business owners to give back and have more of a social mission aligned. Like you're saying, it's not just about making money. <laughs> right. You know, well, it's stuff. yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it, and yeah. as a, as a, as a corporate member of society, uh, you know, we believe that, that we all have a mission to improve, uh, the community in which we live, and if every business, and we're trying to, to, to show other businesses and kind of set the example and say, you know, if everyone just picked the one thing that they wanted to improve in their community, if every business had one thing, uh, imagine how different your local community would be if every business was set to improve, you know, to reduce the number of, of hungry people, to uh, you know, to to ensure that. Uh, the previous to, to healthcare, you know, those who couldn't afford healthcare were able to, to be taken care of or, uh, you know, and, any number of social causes. Uh, and if every business kind of chipped in, you know, how different of a place would we live?
1: That's so, so true. Now, this mission of yours, did you grow up sort of always believing this or is this something you learned over time and as you got older you knew that you wanted to start some kind of business now being a brewery that had the ability to give back in this way
0: um i think it's a bit of both so uh when i was younger uh i always kind of volunteered and did stuff um i was one of my duty stations uh for the army was uh, my place of my place of work was a couple hours away from uh, where we lived, and so I stayed in an apartment down there. and uh, And in the evenings, uh, I would often go and, and volunteer at the local homeless shelter. They had a lot of homeless veterans there, and just serving dinner and, and helping them clean up and stuff. Um, but uh, the kind of the nexus of the mission for the brewery really stemmed from, um, Matt and I are both infantry, um, and there is very little about being an instrument that is about, uh, uh, creation and compassion. And, uh, you know, especially when you're at war, uh, I don't mean to you know, make it sound horrific, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that, that you're tasked to do that aren't, um, enriching the lives of other people, you know, or the mission of the infantry is to close with and destroy the enemy. And, uh, the ability through something as pedestrian as craft beer, um, to, to do something that is wholly and completely positive for the community, um, that allows us to create, uh, to be constructive, to improve lives, um, and uh, have a a gathering space for the community to come together and enjoy each other's company is really kind of the antithesis of some of the stuff we've been asked to do in our careers. Um, and so, uh, you know, we kind of decided that we wanted to dedicate our lives only to, uh, the positive and that, that which is, uh, creation, um, post army. So,
1: that's awesome. Now, okay, so growing up, did you always know that you wanted to join the Army? <laughs>
0: no. Uh, this is the worst how I joined the Army story ever. Uh, or the best, depending on Well, I'm looking your, forward to it. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I was a complete slacker in high school. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I didn't know where I wanted to go to college. I had no idea. Um, and so... All of my friends were getting um, acceptance letters from college. And I said, God, I really should apply. Um, so I, w- I was walking to the guidance counselor's office to talk about college. And-, and there were all the college posters on the wall. And they all looked very similar. It was like the kids under the oak tree sitting on the grass reading their book. And i like, ugh. Like they were all the same, you know. And there was one poster that was different. There was no picture on it. It was uh, maroon and gold and had just the university crest on. It said Norwich University, like creating leaders since 1819. And I looked and I was like, oh, "That's older than all these schools. That's cool. That sounds cool. I think that's where I'll go." Uh, so that's, that's how I picked my college. <laughs> nice
1: and simple. <laughs> like. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> and so I walked into the guidance counselor's office and I said, "I think I want to go to Norwich." He didn't say a word. He just hands me an application. I walk out that night. I'm filling it out and. uh, and there's a box that says, "Do you want to be in the Corps of Cadets?" And I'm like, I have no idea what that is, so I just skipped it, sent it in, got the acceptance letter back from the university, said, "Hey, you've been accepted into, uh, you know, the class of 2000 or whatever," and uh, uh, and then there was a sticky note attached to my acceptance letter that said, "You, know, you didn't check whether or not you wanted to be in the Corps of Cadets, um, or default because we're a military college is to put students in the Corps of Cadets." So I was like, "Huh." And I said, hey, mom and dad, I got accepted to Norwich. And my dad, a career soldier, got excited because he, he knew a lot of colonels and generals and stuff that had gone to the university. And, uh, and so I was like, oh, I guess I'm going to military school. That's fine. Whatever. I can do that. <laughs> and, uh, and then we got the, the financial aid paperwork out and realized it was a private military university. And, uh, and I was like, oh, no, how am I going to pay for this? Hey Dad, if I join the army, would it help me pay for college? <laughs> and he said, uh, "Yeah, I mean if that's what you want to do." So, uh, so I actually I joined the uh, Vermont Army National Guard uh, when I was in college to help pay for it. Uh, didn't actually cover the 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 cost of tuition, so after three semesters, I had to leave, and I went active duty um, because one it it allowed me to to come back to school as an independent student and I would get a lot more financial aid. Uh, but I would get a better GI bill and stuff like that. And, uh, I left and one active duty and I realized all I was in active duty. I'm like, Hey, I'm pretty good at this soldiering stuff. And maybe I'll keep doing it. And I was like, I'll keep doing it until I'm an, I'm no longer good at it or it's no longer fun. And, uh, I just, uh, I just finished my 23rd year of service in January and, uh, and here I am. Well, actually, uh, Still January, so it was uh, 10 days ago. I finished my 23rd year in the service. Um, so that's Congratulations! And <laughs> thank uh, you yeah. for your service. So I joined the army because Norwich's my there was a college recruiting poster that didn't look like everybody else's.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I guess, goes to show, marketing does work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. Okay. So you, you get to the army and, um, you meet your, I assume you meet your best friend, Matt in the army or did you know each other beforehand?
0: No, no, we met in the army. Uh, when I came back to school, uh, when I, when I came off active duty and I went back to school, um, I went back into the guard and, uh, started doing some events, uh, for the guard and Matt was there and, uh, we were kind of in the same detail, and so we just started hanging out. He liked playing basketball, and I played basketball, so we played basketball. And He liked shooting, and I liked shooting, so we'd go shooting. We um, had a lot of the same uh, interests, so we started hanging out, uh, became best friends. I went off to college to finish, uh, and uh, I got commissioned uh, as a lieutenant. Uh, he and I continue to hang out and we actually met, uh, so at different occasions, so this is really, odd. uh, I got set up on a blind date by my cousin, um, and, uh, and met the woman who would eventually become my wife shortly after we started dating. He met, uh, while we were out one night playing the pool, he met this lady who later became his wife. The next week we found out that these two girls that we were dating were actually roommates, what um, yeah <laughs> that's really crazy. really really hot and uh <laughs> Maybe yeah, they they both it up. i don't i doubt it we were we were certainly not the catches we are today no <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no just a really interesting uh circumstance but anyway so yeah matt and i have, have kind of always been uh uh connected and actually when i got my first assignment uh as a platoon leader uh Matt was in my platoon, so we went to Iraq together in 2005. Uh, left, uh, I went on to some different assignments, uh, and then we went to Afghanistan, and um, Matt was in an, uh, another unit. Uh, both of our units were in Afghanistan at the same time, and I had one of my squad leaders who uh, needed to rotate out. He wasn't dealing well with the combat stress, and uh, I said, hey, I need another uh, uh, an infantry squad leader. And, uh, the next day on the truck, out comes Matt and I was like, Hey, welcome to the fight. And, uh, and, and that's, uh, that's actually where we started talking about the brewery it was in Afghanistan.
1: So you both had an affinity for brewing beer separately, or did you kind of develop that together?
0: Uh, together. So, um, in the, um, when we were hanging out early on, we were home brewing beer, um, and then when I had that assignment away from my family is when I really got into, because I had so much time to myself. So when I really got into uh, the science of it all and really kind of went down the rabbit hole of trying to make really great beer. Um, and then when I would come home uh, on the weekends, uh, Matt and I would hang out with Bruce and beer at the house and kind of share some of the stuff that I learned in all my downtime. And uh, and so we are just really avid homebrewers, but when we went to Afghanistan, in between uh, the patrolling and the you know, getting attacked and uh, uh, planning and cleaning weapons and, and doing all that, uh, there's actually quite a bit of downtime. And so, just as a mental exercise, Matt and I decided we were going to sit down and uh, and write a business plan. We wanted to think about doing something because our at this point our lives are kind of inextricably linked. Uh, we've done so much together, and our you know our wives our best friends. And it's like, well, we're going to be around each other. We might as well figure out how to do something in retirement. And, uh, so we wrote a business plan and the the point wasn't really to actually start a brewery. It's just what we were most familiar with at the time, uh, was the concept of brewing beer. We didn't know what any of the ingredients would cost. We didn't know what we could sell for wholesale retail. Um, but we just kind of threw one together with made up numbers because where we lived in Afghanistan, uh, there was no power, no running water, uh, no internet certainly. And so uh, we just made stuff up, which is actually still how we, uh, how we do our planning. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we just kind of threw together a business plan, uh, mostly just to keep our mind sharp. And we said, well, when we get home, we'll figure out what it is we're actually gonna do. And, uh, but it was a neat little mental exercise.
1: Hey everyone, just a quick thank you to our sponsor who helps make the Ready Yeti podcast possible, Sideline Swap. Being an outdoorsy person usually means that you buy and accrue a silly amount of gear to support your activities. As time goes by and you get new gear, why not sell your old gear to help cover the cost of that new gear? This is where Sideline Swap comes in. You can post your skis, snowboard, or any outerwear in a couple minutes and make back some of the money that you spent on that gear. Not to mention, if you're trying to get a loved one or friend into skiing or riding, which we all know is expensive, you can find awesome gear on sidelineswap.com for a great deal. Some products are even up to 70% off. For more info, you can head over to sidelineswap.com. And so when you got home in 2012, you were just like, you looked at each other and you're like, all right, let's try this. Is that kind of what happened?
0: Uh, no. So we got home, well, we got home in January of 2011 and um, back to homebrewing. But every time we would homebrew, now we had this business plan uh, that, you know, it's just made up numbers. But since we wrote it, it kind of planted a seed of, well, hey, maybe this is something possible. And so we talk about it and while we we're homebrewing, we'd go online and, uh, you know, we'd we look up numbers and, and statistics and stuff, and, and update the the, uh, the plan. And then finally, in September, a couple things happened. Um, my wife looked at me and basically said, "Hey, so this whole brewery idea—do it or shut up," because I'm kind of done listening to you <laughs> just like squawk about it. And I think she just thought I was going to shut up. She—I don't think she actually thought I would do it. Um, and then the other thing was uh, uh, my best friend's dad, uh, who was like a second father to me. Uh, Throughout high school, uh, my best friend from high school, Jordan, um, he and I would always like stay at each other's houses. And uh, you know, if, if, if you couldn't find me, I was always over there. And if you couldn't find him, he was over at my place. Um, and his dad really was like a second dad to me. Uh, he was actually one of the uh, founding members of the band KISS. Uh, when they were Wicked Lester,
1: wow, that's awesome. Yeah,
0: that's their band name before it was Kiss, um, and uh it, just a just a phenomenal dude. And uh, you know, we would come back from basketball games, and we would say, "Oh, yeah. next time I'm going to do this. Next time I'm going to do that." And he's like, "You know, you guys are all talk." He's like, "If you're going to do it, then just do it. Otherwise, shut up. You're just talking." He's like, "And no one cares." And uh, it was, it was just such a wonderful lesson that, uh, you know, there's so many people out there who will talk about the stuff that they're going to do, but not actually do it. And, uh, so anyway, so Jordan's dad right about the same time in September of 11, um, was diagnosed with cancer. And just a couple days later he passed and, uh, and it was just kind of a, a kick in the ass. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't know if I can swear. Yeah, no um, <laughs> worries. You can say whatever
1: you want. <laughs>
0: Perfect. Uh, but it was just kind of a kick in the ass and I was like, man, uh, you know, I'm just going to do it. What's the worst thing that can happen if fails? Well, at least I've had, as opposed to, you know, asking myself what if, and, uh, and so in September, uh, I filed for the business license. We wouldn't receive our brewing license, allowing us to, to brew commercially until May of 2012. Um, but, yeah, so that started in September of 11. And uh, we I took a small loan for my 401k, um, and in May we opened. We brewed uh, 60 gallons of beer that first month and uh, sold out within hours of opening the doors.
1: <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty wild. So I guess through, like, friends and family and all of that, the networking effect, you just... Uh, yeah. It...
0: There was some networking. It was also a, a time in our cities, so a very small city. Uh, St. a has a population of about 15,000, if you include the city and the town. Um, but the city proper is only uh, about 7,500. Um, but it was a time in the city's life that um, really needed uh, like a rejuvenation. And, uh, and part of the reason why we wanted to start the business was to help with the with the revitalization of our city because it's, you know, it's where we live and work and, and raise the kids and, uh, you know, we want it to be the best city it could be and it has, has lots of potential right there on the lake uh, in Vermont. It's uh, you know, about an hour from Montreal, three hours from Boston. It's, it's situated perfectly um, to be a great spot. And uh, so I think the town was really was really hungry for something exciting and something that would be good for the community and something they could, uh, kind of rally around it. And I think we get a lot of benefit from that effect.
1: That's really awesome. Okay. So you sell out in the first 24 hour or first day. Um, yeah. what happened next? What, what was the, the <laughs> next couple of years like for Fourteenth star?
0: Oh, well, um, so the problem with selling out in a day is uh it takes two weeks to make the beer and so we basically had to shut the door after that first weekend and say yeah oh, would we'll be open in a couple weeks uh <laughs> and so but the problem was as soon as that beer was ready we announced it on facebook and we opened up and uh, and we sold out um and we're like "Oh shit so we had to shut the door and um we shut the door for about a month and a half, about six weeks, and we constructed uh, from scratch a three and a half barrels, so we could go from uh, making thirty gallons of beer at a time to about one hundred um, and ten gallons. And so we actually used maple sugaring tanks, the tanks that you use to make maple syrup. Uh, my dad, after he retired from the army, uh, got into sugaring and also into selling that equipment. And so we got some equipment pretty cheap, um, and we kind of just, you know, backwoods engineered it, knowing the science that had to occur. Um, we just kind of uh, we just kind of engineered it and made it work, and we actually still use that brew house uh, at our current brewery as our pilot system. But uh, yeah, we started brewing on that system, and uh, the problem was now we had much more beer. Um, but we were selling out over the course of the weekend now, uh, which, again, didn't really solve our production problem. So we got to the point very quickly uh, that we needed to brew far more beer than Matt and I could brew nights and weekends when we weren't uh, doing our army jobs. And so uh, we hired uh, Dan, the guy who would eventually become our brewmaster, uh, to do production brewing Monday through Friday, and uh, we couldn't pay him that much, but I promised him he would have autonomy like he would he had never had before in, in, in his career as a brewer, uh, because Matt and I simply wouldn't be there <laughs> to chartreuse him, <laughs> uh, and uh, and he really kind of took ownership of that and ran with it, um, but for the first you know, and our thought process was, well, he'll be able to brew enough beer for us to be able to pay his salary. Um, the first three months of his pay, however, came out of my savings account. Um, and then, you know, get to the point where he was brewing enough beer, uh, that, that he could, uh, that, that it would kind of pay for him. Well, the problem was, uh, we were selling out still, <laughs> still. And, uh, so we asked dan what he needed and he's like if i had another set of hands that would be handy um and uh you know providence kind of dropped uh prescott in our lap uh who is now our head brewer Uh, he was living in la doing movie editing and was moving to vermont we had a, a brewer lined up and he called me the day before he was supposed to start working and said, uh, uh, Hey, I just got a brewing job in, uh, Ireland and I think I got to take it. And I was like, well, you're 23 years old and it's Ireland. Like I, I would hope you'd take that. That's a great opportunity for right, you. Of course." And in my head, I'm like, son of a bitch. Like what are we going to do now? <laughs> yeah. Right. And I get, and I get this email from my guy named Prescott Stanton, And the first thing that's running through my head and I'm a little inebriated at this point because it was also my birthday. And, uh, and I was like, Prescott Stanton? I was like, this guy just get off the Mayflower? I don't, <laughs> I don't know any, you know, when things like that. Anyway, so I read his email, and I'm like, well, this is, this is interesting. He's looking to work in the brewing industry. So I sent him some questions, and I was like, hey, you know, don't screw this up. This is an interview. And uh, so he responded back, and I said, when can you be in Vermont? He said, well, we're flying in Monday. I said, well, stop by the brewery. And we hired him that day. Um, and again, just a wonderful, okay. wonderful hire. Uh, really took ownership of, 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 uh, his work. And, uh, and those two propelled us over the next two years to the point where we took the leap from that 1200 square foot, uh, little brewery making a hundred gallons of beer at a time, 20,000 square foot facility. Now we brew a thousand gallons uh, at a whack. Um, so we went from that first month, May of 2012, we made 60 gallons of beer and, uh, and now we make about 6,000 gallons a week. And it's only been uh, not even seven years.
1: That's crazy. And <laughs> I'm sure it flew by.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it is crazy when uh, when you think about, you know, we're going on our seventh year here in May. It's a little ridiculous.
1: What do you think um, you would attribute that growth and that success to over that seven-year period?
0: Um. I think it's one of a couple things. Um, the people either absolutely love the beer, and I'm sure there's a, a segment of those people. Uh, there are uh, some of our local fans who, who I think are just tickled that you know we continue to to do so much locally uh, and to improve the community. Uh, I think there are some people that are drawn to the fact that we're veteran owned and and we do a lot in the veteran space and we're, you know, we're unapologetically, uh, you know, veteran to our core without being kind of, you know, the ugly American about it. Um, So I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, the intersectional properties of those three it's either the beer or the veteran or the community uh, but uh you know whatever, whatever it is that that are uh, causing different people to like us for different reasons uh you know we'll take it
1: <laughs> of course now what's been some of the hardest parts about building 14th star
0: hmm. um so I'll start by the the thing that is normally the hardest thing for business, um, and that's uh, staffing. So either you know finding and keeping good employees, we have uh, we have been very very fortunate. Uh, we have had very few mistakes in hiring people, um, and I think that has a lot to do with our culture of um, of empowerment. We we tend to, to find people uh, who are you know, have a certain set of skills um, and then we give them uh, duties or responsibilities that exceed those um, so there's some learning on their part that's required, um, but we're also entrusting them at a level that, that most of the companies won't um, and I think there's some real job satisfaction in that for them. I would say the difficulties for us are Uh, because we're not long-term veterans at the beer and and distribution games, um, dealing with the market that is becoming uh, ever so much more saturated with new brands, uh, that has become uh, difficult, simply because it's, uh, you know, When we started, we were Vermont's. In the the 30 years of craft brewing in Vermont, we were the 26th brewery in the history of Vermont. It's pretty cool. Uh, We've always kind of felt like the new kids. Uh, In the last six years, uh, we now have 60 some uh, breweries. And so in the first 30 years of brewing in Vermont, there were 26 breweries. And in the last six, we've had almost 40 of them. And right, that's crazy state, yeah and we're in a state of only 600,000 people uh, so there's basically a, a, a brewery for you know every 10,000 people in Vermont <laughs> uh,
1: yeah that's so. actually interesting the way you think about that but Vermont is the land of craft beer
0: <laughs> it is you know and thankfully Vermonters drink more craft beer than uh, any American citizen um, In America, so any American citizen in America, that sounds redundant. But, uh, you know, Vermonters like their craft beer, thankfully. Um, And uh, because they like their craft beer, there's going to be enough breweries to support them. Um, It's just, it's an interesting dynamic. Um, And, uh, um, you know, we've had to get into uh, getting some of our stuff trademarked. Because with all the breweries opening up around the country, people are just using uh, uh, names and designs without doing any sort of research, um, and uh, you know, and infringing upon our on our brand. So that's that's always hard too. And you you know, you know what it's like to be a young uh, company that's you're only worried about getting off the ground and you know how you're going to pay your your rent this month and. Excited about the future, and then some bigger established company has to send you an email or a letter from a lawyer saying, "Hey, you can't use this name because we had, we trademarked it." Um, you know, we 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 don't want to be that company, but uh, unfortunately, as our distribution footprint expands, uh, you know, we have to make sure that people can identify our brand. Uh, so that that's just that's that's part of the the business side that sucks about it you know having to do the the grown up business stuff uh, as opposed to uh, make beer and uh and enjoy it with your with your patrons so yeah i would say that's the toughest part of it
1: how did you guys come up with the name 14th star
0: uh so vermont we wanted a name that was uh uniquely vermont um but there's a lot of uh, kind of Vermont idioms that are overused. I mean, the green Mountain this, Catamount that, etc. And uh, uh, when I was growing up, there was a news segment that covered all—I uh, think it's 214 towns and cities in Vermont—and every day they would do a different one. Uh, and the series was called First Republic 14 Star. Uh, and so Vermont being the first state after the original 13 colonies uh, it was the 14th state union and the 14th star on the flag. Uh, so that's where that came from. Uh, and then about two years later, another Vermont were reopened up called First Republic. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
0: but yeah, so that's, that's where the name comes from, uh, is uh, Vermont's uh, position as the 14th state in the union.
1: I love that. That's a a cool origin story for the name. Where do you see 14th Star in the future the next year, five years, ten years down the road?
0: Um, So, what we really want to do is we're not looking really to expand um, uh, kind of concentrically um, out from Vermont. There's only so much beer we can make in Vermont. Beer doesn't travel all that well um, when it has to travel long distances. Uh, so, but what we want to do is we want to focus our expansion to those areas uh, with military installations, uh, because the beer that we make really is kind of buying for um, uh, not just Vermonters and, and people like from up here, but, um, but it's buying for kind of the American warfighter. Um, and a lot of our programs uh, are designed to give back and, and help improve uh, their situation. And so we're really looking to distribute again, not concentrically, like I don't think we'll ever be in West Virginia to be in West Virginia's sake, um, but to be distributed to the major military installations around the country. Um, and that'll, that will probably be it for us. Um, I don't see us becoming a national brand to be found on every uh, supermarket shelf, Um, and that's okay. Um, But we, uh, Matt and I, with our friend Zach, uh, who also went to Afghanistan with us, also just founded uh, a whiskey company, uh, Danger Close Craft Distilling, and uh, the whole point of the distillery is to kind of share what this incredible Entrepreneur journey uh, has been like, and how rewarding it is um, with other veterans. I think, especially now with veterans coming out of the service um, and are having uh, some some problems adjusting. I think a lot of it is not having that that thing that is super fulfilling to look forward to. You know, I mean, they can go work in a in a factory because they're told that they don't have the skills necessary for any other jobs in, the, in corporate America. Uh, but we think they have all the, the requisite skills necessary to, to start and run their own business. Uh, they have the ability to to lead others, to uh, to motivate others, to get results, to plan, to set a vision, uh, to work hard. And uh, and that's really kind of all you need to, <laughs> to start a company. Um, so the whole point of the distillery, uh, all the sales from... Uh, the Whiskey, when we start later this year, uh, will be to fund bringing veterans up to Vermont to really just to demystify the entrepreneurship process to them Uh, because I think there's a a general thought that starting companies is what other people do. Um, And we just wanna show them that it's really not that hard, it's really not that complicated to start a business, doing something that you love. Uh, and then, basically, showing them some some basic business concepts and helping uh, link them with resources to to help them start and run it, uh, and allow these veterans to 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 lead others, which is what they've been doing, uh, and in that way, uh, you know, start their own thing and, and have something very fulfilling to look forward to every day.
1: I love that. I think that's a really worthwhile mission, and um, I'm really excited to see how you guys grow and serve that mission, you know, in the future. And, you know, with that, uh, Steve, I want to thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast and share your story, share the story of 14 star brewing co and everything that you and your team find important and, and worthwhile and sharing that with, uh, with our audience.
0: Thanks. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, and if, if anyone is interested, we're actually going to be uh, filming a segment at 14th Star Brewing Co. during our Vermont series. Um, so if you're interested in checking that out and seeing sort of the behind the scenes of 14th Star Brewing Co. Uh, from a more visual perspective, um, just head over to redyeddy.com and you'll be able to check out that series, which airs in February and March of this year. And again, uh, Steve, thanks uh, so much for coming on the show.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks.
1: If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, then we would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready A Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.